The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello, everyone. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. And my guest today is Robert Esme. I said that correctly, Robert Esme. Excellent, okay. Sean. Excellent. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So Robert, uh, Robert's got a cool background here. He's got an Olympic gold medalist, co-founder of Critique.com. He's a motivational speaker and an elite, uh, elite trainer as well. So I'm really kind of stoked to talk to Robert here because all that sounds just so awesome to me. And uh, all right, uh, Robert, welcome on. Thank you, Sean, for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you. Let's have some fun. Looking forward to our great conversation together. Excellent. Yeah, awesome, man. All right. So I kind of already touched upon your background a little bit here. So why don't you kind of dig into it a little bit more here? So tell us who Robert is. Um, pretty much, uh, I like to feel like I'm a, I'm a global man, entrepreneur man. But for me as a child, all I wanted to do was to have about, you know, to become a great father, be Olympic gold medalist, um, a businessman, you know, and a, a family man. So um, I'm fortunate that I'm able to live all those pieces of my visions and dream as a child. All right, all right. So when did you decide that you wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist? I think in some ways, like every child kind of has something like that in the background. Like you want to be like a star athlete or an Olympic gold medalist, but you uh, you came to that decision and then you just took it all the way. So how did <laughs> that happen? Yeah, my, my Olympic fire was lit within me um, in 88, when I was watching the 88 Olympics. You know, the Ben Johnson versus Carl Lewis, the lights, the right. glamours, the crowd. And I think my mom's reaction, because um, it was one of the first time I'm watching a sports event. And my mom jumping on the bed, muscles, cheering for her Ben Johnson and the excitement yeah. within the city and Canada. And, oh, yeah, it was a big hype. I'm like, oh, I, th I, I, I think I can do that. But it really ignited when uh, after Ben Johnson's victory, the next day there was a drug bus. Um, where yeah. and then the disgrace, uh, you know, coming fresh from Jamaica, um, the headlines were not Canadian win gold anymore. It was Jamaica disgrace Canada, and I I felt heartbroken, and for some reason I felt the responsibility that I needed to change the narrative. I I wanted to be able to contribute to clean up the name, bring the pride and the joys back, and and I I I went on a, a quest um, to win a gold medal <laughs> so I can restore those pride and those joys and love and change the headline of the paper um, and that's where the whole dream began and the why is to to make sure i lock this down and you know a lot of people thought i wasn't going to do it i was just a small little guy and um, mm -hmm. the crazy thing is you know my dream was very big massive right um and from a guy from a small town who knew something like this could happen but you know with the faith the belief system that i have and the work ethics that i have um, yeah, all was possible, right from the rock, the big inco, you know, I, I rose out of the ground similar to the Phoenix and, you know, we, we went in and we went to Atlanta and the American and, you know, I have lots of family down in the United States, so please don't take it personal. We went in and we, you know, on their, their <laughs> soil, you know, so I, I really enjoyed myself that day. <laughs> 
Yeah, no worries there too. I mean, we kind of uh, we take pleasure in doing the same thing when we go somewhere else, whether we're in uh, Japan or wherever else. Like we just go there and we just kind of like spank them right there on their turf. I love right? it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, but um, yeah. Speaking of sprinters, like Ben Johnson, yeah, the the disgrace when he found out that he was using performance enhancing drugs yeah. and. Um, Honestly, I'll be honest. I didn't realize he was from Jamaica until you just told me that. Yeah. I heard about that. I, I was still a very young kid. I heard about it only afterwards, yeah. but um, uh, I didn't realize he was Jamaican. So that's that. That's interesting. And on that note, there, Jamaica and sprinters. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> there is just an inordinate amount of like ridiculously good sprinters coming out of that that island in the Caribbean. So what do you what do you think is up with that? It's culture. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, for some people it's the way out, but it's just part of the mm -hmm. DNA. You know, um, I believe a lot of Jamaicans, um, their roots, a majority of their roots come from the West Africa. If you have to trace it mm -hmm. all the way back, Ghana, right. Nigeria. So, you know, as we say in Africa, you'd be eat or be eaten. So what are you going to be today? You're going to be the food or you're going to be the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so with those mentality and, you know, we like to create our own path. It becomes a culture. So when you go down to Jamaica, right at the grassroots level, you know, you've got kids, uh, some of them bare feet and grass, gravel, and there's competition. For me as a child, you know, I have older siblings and brothers and sisters. And, you know, uh, when grandma used to take some money off a little bosom here and says, okay, whoever gets to the store first and back gets extra money. I ain't losing. It's competition all time, mm, right? So that's just right. part of the culture. You're eating your food and, you know, we love our meat. And then all of a sudden, if you take your eyes off your meat, your meat is gone out of your plate. So constantly <laughs> you got to be moving and making sure your agility and your, you know, your speed is always intact. So, awesome. and then you watch uh, the, the high school, the grassroots, the high school competition. You're getting uh -huh. 50,000 people in a stadium, <laughs> right? Cheering for these high school kids. The culture, you have, you also have like fun activity day up to what, two weeks ago, you got Shelly Ann Fraser beating up all the mothers them out there and she's not playing mm -hmm. around with them either. They got to bring the A game, right? She's all winning right. by 20, 30 meters on them guys. And that's the culture. That's the behavior. It's the way of life. It's like breathing. So when you have that infused and on the regular day life, you know, and we understand life is competition. So you, you got to step your game up. <laughs> So that that's part of the, the, the DNA. You know, we love to compete. We love to move. We love to run fast. And, you know, let other people come and test us. Right. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you just kind of uh, touched on something that's pretty key to um, uh, enhance performance or excellence in general here. It's just an understanding that, you know, it's it's winner take all out there. Really it is. Um, and, you uh, you either you either get on level or you're just going to get pushed out of the way. Absolutely. It's just like anything we do in life. That's what I realized. Right. You know, when I'm working with my students and stuff, I'm like, listen, it could be in the classroom. It could be a job. I need to, like, I need you to shift your mental state, right? And, mm -hmm. and yes, you don't have to be out there type of a, a championship mindset, but you can be calm. You can be collective. You can be have friends, but you got to know when it's serious time where you need to separate be selfish and go what do what you need to get yours and then move out of the way, right? So uh, it's important that they learn that at an early age. Could be in the classroom. You know, um, I have students who carry a 90, 
6% average in every course, right? Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get into this university because guess what? They needed 98, <laughs> right? 96%, my friend, an excellent uh, Canadian champion, the whole nine yards. But to get into the specific of a school, you need in 98. And guess what? The person who get in 98, they didn't do any athletics. They're just straight education, right? But to be able to balance your your academic at, at an A plus pretty much and athletic at that level, uh, just to tell you, no matter what you do, it's competition everywhere you go. And they just have to realize at an early right. age. And then, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, so realizing that on an early age, like if you come up, if you're raised like that, if your upbringing is surrounded by that uh, philosophy, um, now I, it, it's pretty it can make things much easier down the line because you don't expect anything just to be handed to That's you. right. Um, so, but, you know, myself, when I work with a lot of people, I, when I'm, I'm training people as a fitness trainer, they're coming into this kind of thing much later in life. Yeah. Usually either like they were, they were athletic when they were younger, but life got in the way and they haven't been athletic for the last 20, 30 years or what have you, or they never were. And they're just kind of getting onto this boat because they're realizing they're getting older and things they took for granted are not coming as easily as they used to. So now I'm there with me and I'm trying to kind of do with them like that you would do with a child and try to raise them and say, hey, this stuff does not come easily. Mm -hmm. This stuff requires a lot of focus. It requires a lot of concentration, requires a lot of force of will on your part. I can do so, I can do so much, but I can really go only 50% here. You have to go the rest of the 50. Mm -hmm. So it's a, par it's a partnership here. Absolutely. So, do you think, do you think that, I mean, I think, you know, depending on the individual yeah. that goes over one way or another, but do you think that can easily be kind of replicated with someone who is, you know, well into their adulthood, that kind of philosophy? Absolutely. You know, in my culture, it's called one, uh, once an adult, twice a child. So you're born as a child, you move into an adulthood and you move into a child mode as we get older. So when we deal in, mm -hmm. in that environment, especially, and I see it in British Columbia when I lived there for many years is the community in the population becomes more active later on in the 40s to 70s. They're very active out there and they want to learn new mm -hmm. things. So in a sense, you, we have to take them back into the beginning, almost like a child and be patient as a trainer and do maybe 80% of that walking through for a while until they learn and understand the, the movements and what we're, we're trying to do together. And you're right, as a relationship. And as that gets better, you can take your hand off in the more guidance and give them more accountability, um, you know, flexibility to, to develop um, until they become their own. So absolutely agree with that. Um, based on the knowledge, the experience of that person, you might have to hold their hands a lot longer and give more of yourself. And as that mm -hmm. gets better, you can pull back because now they've got the tools and things around them to start building them into more accountability and structability to, to become better without you have to be there 80% of the time. Now we can move back to 50 and sometimes even to 30 because now they get it and we're working on the self-development. So what you, what you said earlier, just a little bit ago, it was like, uh, what was it? Uh, once an adult, twice a child. That's right. Did you, it's like, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think, I think I know what you mean by that, but go into that a little bit more. Cause that's interesting. Once an adult, twice a child. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of the culture is, um, you know, uh, as a child, our parents are helping us through the process and learning life and different things. Um, we reach, say, 
18 to, or some people, 21 to about 50. Mm -hmm. That's the adult stage, the, the second part of your life. And then we reach 50 right. and then downwards, when you reach 75-ish, you need more help because your motor movement um, may not be up there. Your health may not be there anymore. The brains may not be as sharp as more. And that's where your kids now come in and help guide you through the remainder of your life. So twice a child, once an adult. <laughs> so, and it's the same thing. The base, same thing athletically. Um, we look at, um, are you beginning a sport and never know anything about that sport that you're looking to learn? Then we need to hold the hand a lot longer through that process. As they develop and mature into that level of experience, then we can hold it less, <laughs> right? And be less, right. And then, right? So it's similar to, you know, I always say, training is 80% physical, 20% mental. When we flip over into competition, it's 80% mental, 20% physical. So same concept. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, per I think that's perfectly spot on too. Cause when you're, you know, when you're in a competition, it's, you know, you obviously you see everyone around you and you know, they're on the same level as you are and, and it's anyone's game at that point. So I think that's, I think that's a brilliant kind of uh, way to summarize the whole thing. Like once an adult, twice a child. Yeah. So that, 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 that really kind of, that, that makes perfect sense to me too, but, um, so, all right. So let's go into your, uh, background as a tech founder. So, uh, critique, um, I did, I looked into that. And, uh, so if I understanding this, it's a, um, a visual platform to kind of measure performance, right? Absolutely. Either it's a, it's okay. a visual feedback platform where if you're working on something and you need some extra help. Uh, I call it accelerated learning. So when I look at the space out there, when we decided we wanted to create and leave a legacy behind and help people, is people are learning from YouTube. We understand that. Mm -hmm. People are reading a book. People are watching video. But the piece that was missing is, how can you specifically help me? Yes, I can learn from all this stuff. But what am I doing wrong? Because you can do something wrong, in a sense, for 10,000 times. That's a bad behavior. You're going to try to break and it's not going to accelerate you. But if you can have mm -hmm. a mentor or someone who's been there, who's done that, has the accreditation and says, hey, listen up. This is what you're doing uh, not so well. And this is what you're doing well. Let's improve on this, correct this, and then you're on your pathway. So it accelerates learning using someone else's expert brains that can be on the screen and showing you exactly what's going on. And then, boom, send it back to you within an hour to four hours, four days later. And you can download it, watch it anytime. It's perfect for sports. We've tested about 25 different markets, resume, pitch pitch decks, UIX, name it. <laughs> Photography, anything that you're working on, you need help, pick an expert to help you through the process. You, you stop, you're blocked, you don't know what's going on. Go to critique and find someone, right? Accelerated learning. Ah, it's interesting. So um, where did the idea for that really come from? I mean, did, did it... Um... Kind of, was it something on the back of your mind for a long time or did it just like, hey, this could really be healthy? Brilliant question. Um, so I was working with uh, one of my clientele, and co-partner now, co-founder, um, Bernie and his kids, and I, I was using an app on certain things. And it's like, oh, I wanted to show you something. I was a photographer, shoot a lot of NHL weddings, celebrities. Um, I remember when I was in Vegas, I spent $500 to stay in line to get a 30 second feedback from this person, Jerry, which is now on the platform. And it's something that stayed with him forever. And me being in a small town, I didn't have experts. 
I trained myself to an Olympic gold medal my last year before the Olympics. So if I had other mentors and people I could tap into, I probably would have had a world record in my name already, right? So within there, we realize, you know what? I think this is a space and a need that we need to bring to the world. So um, I'm into the photography. I said, you can add video. And then um, we started building out the platform for the last two years and testing it out. So it's pretty much good to go. People are booking their own stuff on their social media. Um, it's doing very well. We're just wrapping up uh, some rays to start the advertisement and hire a few more people and become the world's best platform for feedback. Nice, nice. So uh, how long has this been up and running? Uh, we've been putting it together. We went live about six months ago. Uh, so we finished oh, this okay. test. So now it's about to advertise and start flooding the whole world of Welcome to Critique, a place where you come and learn and from the world's expert and get better at what you're doing. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in addition to that, you have, um, let me see if I have this correct. You have another kind of uh, gig going on. Is it uh, where you just train sprinting? It's blast off. Is that correct? That's I, right. Air blast off. Uh, blast yeah. off. You know, what I've realized over the years is everyone has speed. Everyone, you yeah. know, and I, when I walk into the gym or anywhere, I have my doctor coat on. And you got different personal trainer and they're looking around and like, why is there a doctor here, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I have my iPad with me, my my note thing, and I'm walking around and stuff and making some adjustment because I'm, I'm doing the whole profile and setup. And I remember one lady came to me and she says, what do you do? Why do you have a medical coat? You know, she's in her 50s, 60s. And I said, I'm a speed doctor. She goes, what is a speed doctor? I said, ma'am, I make you run so fast you catch a cold. She said, me? I said, anybody, I said, when you go to the family doctor, right? And I said, you, you're not feeling well, they prescribe you some medication. They're not working. What do you do? I go back and I yell at him. I said, well, if mine don't work, I give you back your money. I'm that good at what I do, but I'm going to charge you just like a doctor, <laughs> right? But overall, speed come in all shape and form. Uh, anyone that can tell me a sport that has nothing involved with speed, I will train them for free. Right at the end of the day, you've got hip speed, arm speed, leg speed, foot speed, swing speed, name it. Right? Somebody said, "Well, what about um, pool ball speed? When you hit the when you hit the target, you right. gotta have the right speed." Yeah. I said, "Speed dart." I'm like, "You gotta have the right speed, or the right. dart's not gonna reach the." T-. So I said, "That's a that's a game, not a sport." But name it. They haven't come up with one yet. But it's important that I help and be a resource to others who wants to learn and develop in other sports, especially for multiple sport. Track and field is the best sport for them to work on their speed, the agility, the explosive, and transfer that over to other areas. And that's why I've been blessed with so many different gifts and talents from the stage to the track to the tech. I'm a blessed guy, man. What can I tell you? Yeah, when you said everything has speed there, I thought I caught you on one. I was going to say golf, but then you said hip. Then you said hip speed. Swing, and I was like, hip uh, speed, swing speed, ball speed. Yeah, there's so many in it. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a that's uh profound. I hadn't actually thought about that in in those terms. Like everything, you're right. Everything does have speed, even if something is like throwing darts. You have to throw it at such a at such a velocity that it carries over and hits the board, right? So. Absolutely, and if the speed is not right and the power behind it is not right, guess what? It's not going to stick in there. It's going to fall down. So all those, you have to think of speed, aerodynamic, dynamic. When I'm looking at a 100 meter, right. 
80% of the time you're in the air, <laughs> right? You have the time mm-hmm. off the ground, 20%. So uh, you have to travel, you have to fly. So all those, and some of the great memories in sports that I found out happens in the air. The guy catching the ball over the stadium, on ah, baseball, right? Shooting the hockey puck, diving through the air, boom, that one hand, name it. A lot of great memories in sports happen in the air, dunking the ball, right? Shooting a three-point nice. shot, name it. It all involved airborne, right? So it's it's like you need to have that as you can't breathe. And that's why I came up with the air blast off because I, I love Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, right? So I'm like, listen, I need to put air in it. It's got to be urgent. It's got to be able to fly. And it's got to mm-hmm. be that detrimental if you can't breathe, you die. So air blast off, blast the start, off the finish. And you put some air in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so all right. So you're in this. Um, not only you're you're involved in uh, training in athletics, and obviously that that's kind of your your forte. Then, but then when you kind of cross that over into the tech world, you're kind of entering a different space. Now, there's kind of a there's a um, a confluence between technology and performance that is really kind of um, a delicate balance to kind of uh, strike here too. So talk about the um, the importance between technology and how it can aid uh, performance. Well, one thing I love about technology is, and especially what we built is, I can be anywhere, anytime. Um, and it's like having a personal coach in your pocket as a personal mm-hmm. trainer. And one of the other things that I love about it is when I'm at a camp or I'm in my session with my athletes, I have maybe 20, 40 athletes. I don't have time to be with one-on-one in those settings, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to create a value to that person and take two minutes of my time. So I'll take a five-second, ten-second video, and I'll, I'll correct them on the spot. But I know once they get home, majority of them is going to forget what I tell them. So when I record five or ten right. seconds of that, I go in and I break it down, and I said, hey, um, this is what was happening today at practice. This is what I saw that I told you about. This is how you can correct it. And I'm doing a demonstration in it and showing them as well. And then I send it on the email. So when they get that information and they're serious, they're going to go and work on it over the next week. And I'm going to see it automatically that they made a correction. <laughs> and I'm going to applaud them for it. So I'm going to take that two minutes and I'm going to break it down. That two minutes to me is so valuable and it's so valuable for them to improve and make them better. Right. So those are the things with the technology that I love that I can change people life just like that and make them better um, that most other things can't. This is going to give you instant. You're going to see an instant turnaround in a week or less right? and correct a lot of the good behaviors going forward instead of the bad behavior. And they can see it. So that's the, the parallel between my world and there. And then I don't have to spend an hour <laughs> working with someone in a sense. I can spend two minutes and give them the same information in two minutes than I would be in an hour. So I'm saving time. They're saving time and money, and they can use it forever. All right. Do you ever run into problems where, you know, there's a logistical issue there where, you know, maybe the camera is not really focused in the right area, the angle's a little bit off. You can't really see everything that's kind of going on, and so there's kind of a there's kind of a complication there. Um, do you ever have that problem? Um, really, if that happens, because we usually have a, a sample and instructions how to shoot mm-hmm. and different things, right? So they'll have ah. everything in advance before they go in and right. of the request of that expert. So if that may happen, we usually say, could you go back and retake it? Because I cannot see. So there's no charge for that, right? So it's important that 
Um, everything is clean. On our end, it's as clean as Bell, right? It's HD. It's just, it's, it's crisp. Everything's uh, unshakable. But when they, they, when they upload that content, um, they're going to have specific instruction how long this is going to give them guidance and it's going to give them a sample of what it looks like. Because when you pay for something, right, you want to make sure it's what you're paying for what you get, right? And you're going to see an example. Okay, this is what a 30 seconds feedback looks like for $5, $10, right? And you might be there for a track and all of a sudden you're over there booking for strength training. Is my technique right? Okay. Am I going to hurt myself? Let me get a strength trainer at the same time. And then that way I, I got my speed. I got my strength trainer. Oh, I need a nutritionist. Oh, uh, take a look at my, my page of my diet for the week. Give me any feedback. I'm, uh, you know, I, I want to gain some muscles, but I'm having challenges. They'll go back, break it down and say, okay, use this, use this, and then come back. In the medical component of it, you know, um, when we have experts in the medical field, they're doctors and experts in what they do. But we always let them know, please go seek a, a local doctor or whatever. In your area, there's a disclaimer, and make sure you have more information, right? But don't allow us to be the ends all. It's another tool to give you another option, right? But once again, they're experts in what they do. They've got expertise. There could be different laws, different things in that area. We're just being a secondary information for them. We want to look at your x-rays. We'll break it down, send it right back. The same thing, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. There's been some, I mean, over the course of the last several years, there's been some talk about, because this kind of thing sounds like it could potentially uh, even replace traditional personal training. So, you know, why have one session with one client when you can have, mul you know, multiple sessions at a time and just record these couple minute long videos, right? Because I, I do know for myself, like when I was first coming up in this and going into this industry like 20 something years ago now, I didn't have yeah. videos. I didn't have feedback. I didn't have trainers. I didn't have a gym membership. I really couldn't afford yeah. anything of that, of that kind. So something like this, if it was affordable, would have been most mo really helpful to me. Um, do you do you see the the trend in the fit, in the industry of it going that direction where it's kind of like video based training? Like we that? as critique would never will ever go there. Uh, that was not our focus. Our focus we wanted to work with your trainers. We wanted to work with. These, we're additional tool that can help and assist. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to get into that field, right? So right. we know where our space are and where we want to stay. Um, we have others that's on the platform that are trainers. So they get discovered and people book them and they can do a combination of Zoom one-on-one -on -one with the personal critique. Uh, that's not the space we want to live, but they can package their own stuff the way they feel best. And a lot of trainers, we're just finishing up the second part of the app for, for trainers that they can use within their own personal business that are not full experts. So we want to be able to give a combination of both. So we'll have the SaaS piece ready probably within the next month or less um, to give out to the regular personal trainers, Joe coaches out there and to help develop their, right. their skills. But that's not the space we want to stay in. We want to stay within that short form. 10 to two minutes in, two minutes out, and and pay someone for the expertise and then gone. It's not to do like a Zoom call and all these things. That's not the space we want to live in. Oh, okay. So it's just like a, a supplement tool. Absolutely. Because, absolutely. I right? Because as I said, there's nothing better if you can to have someone with you on a daily basis going through there. And if you can't or mm -hmm. you want to do anything, that's where you can pop in, take a thing, and go back.
right? Um, there's nothing better than a hands-on in place, but we know time and money, all that stuff and location plays a role and we want to cater to those areas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds brilliant actually, because, you know, you know, people can you know, like use YouTube videos and stuff like that. There's all sorts of uh, video based um, fitness Absolutely. stuff that you can get into these days, but what you don't have is the direct feedback. And so if you can provide that, I think anything that has, that kind of incorporates technology with a human touch, I think is probably what everyone is really looking for. At the end and that the is what's been missing in a feedback learning platform. And we wanted to create our own right. niche and sort of disrupt and create that niche for the needs out there. And I, I, we're doing very well. As I said, we've tested over 25 different categories and they're working. So we know it works. The consumer keep coming back over, um, you know, so that makes us excited. <laughs> that hey it's a need because when we're building it the question is would somebody pay for something like this will there be a need like this mm -hmm. right and and can we um scale it and all that stuff so all that stuff was in the planning process of putting together so when we hit those milestones we celebrate it because we know yes it's good to go good to go Good to go. <laughs> All right, Robert, we're, we're starting to wind down time here. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, so I have a closing tradition on my podcast where I have the person that I'm talking to, if they can have the listener walk away with one thing to remember above all else, if nothing else, what do you think it would be? It's okay to ask for help, right? It's okay to allow others to help you because something that's one of the things that we're scared to do in life, to ask for help, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? Or we're too proud or we're too this. Never be too proud. It's all about growth and learning. And if you need anything, if it's not us, ask someone close to you, right? Um, you can get a second opinion with us. But continue to develop. Continue to get better and love what you do, right? If you're loving what you do and you want to grow, right. the rest is easy. You'll be okay, right? And be willing to make mistakes. It's part of life. It's part of growth. Right. Right. So, so if Absolutely. they look at those things that people see as negative, we turn it into a positive. You're going to have a great future. You're going to have a great path. And don't be scared. Go out there. Right. right and continue uh, learning and developing. That's what it's about. Right, right. Right. People only think that mistakes are bad because that's what they learned yeah. in school. <laughs> they got they got punished for mistakes, and so now they think mistakes are a, a horrible thing to do. No, it's opposite. So to learn and get better you know I, and right. for people who's in exactly. a for the audience that's in a group setting who's learning and stuff always be the first to put your hands up right because guess what that trainer that person is gonna use you as a demonstration and even in the classroom and guess what they're gonna correct you at that time and you have to be brave to do that because you're coming out of your shell to be the first one and people are going to say, oh, here's an idiot or whatever. It's okay to be an idiot. Look like an idiot, guys. Guess what? That's how you're going to learn very quickly. <laughs> right? And, and, right? And you're separating <laughs> yourself from the rest of the group. And guess what? The trainer or the coach is going to remember you every time. Right? That, that, and knowing that you're eager right. and willing to learn. So when you're in a group setting, separate yourself by doing that personally. And guarantee you, you're going to start making moves and waves within a, a setting. So don't be scared to come up in the front, right? Yes, it's scary, but hey, success is wonderful at the end, my for, my friends. Right, right. It's all about the success. It's about yeah. the end goal. All right. Well, um, Robert, 
thank you so much for your time, man. I want to be respectful of your time limit. I want to let you go so you can go on with the rest of your day. But um, uh, so everyone else, this has been uh, uh, Robert Esme. He's an Olympic gold uh, medalist, the co-founder of critique.com, motivational speaker, elite performance trainer. And uh, thank you so much. I'll put all the social links and connections in the uh, show notes as usual. But um, yeah, Robert, thanks it's a again. Pleasure. And you're in Japan right now? I mean, where? Say, uh, my background is Japanese. Yeah, my background. I thought you said something about. No, no, my no, my my background's uh, not Japanese. Uh, I'm not in Japan. I'm in I'm in Iowa. Iowa. Oh, right <laughs> hey, my American peeps, what's going on? Uh, no, no, in the beginning no, of the part I, of the show, I thought I heard you said um, Japanese background or something like that. Okay. No, uh, no, I didn't. I don't remember saying that, but I might have. I don't know. Sometimes I. Sometimes things blurred out, but well, no, no. I, didn't, I didn't speak uh, any Japanese then. That's good. <laughs> you speak Japanese? Oh, I spent a little time in Japan. Not too much words here and there. Because oh. when they said that, oh, I was going to cool. drop that in, and I'm like, okay, good thing. I... <laughs> well, you would you would have completely uh, thrown me for a loop because I don't speak a word okay. of Japanese. Mm-hmm. But all right. But no, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, all right, buddy. But uh, – and. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much. And um, tune in to next time. Until then, move forever. Peace out. I'll see you next time. No, you'll do it in that, so that's good. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace. Peace.